How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Welcome back. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. Kramer's on the other side of the glass. The Protein House Heat with a purpose. Text line 69306. You can always hit me up on Twitter as well. I am at BK Sports Talk. So coming up here in just about 15 minutes, we'll talk about how I think the Chiefs and the Patriots are officially on a collision course to the AFC Championship game. But right now, we're going out to the leadoff hotline to talk to my friend Frank Schwab. He writes about the NFL for Yahoo Sports, and you can follow him on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab, S-C-H-W-A-B. Frank, how are you doing today, man? Always appreciate the time and hopping on the leadoff with us. Hey, what's going on? Not too much, man. So let's start here. Um, I think the story of the week for the NFL is probably what's going on with the preseason. And we had the football field incident. We had Cam Newton with the scare of the injury. Do you think this is the year, given what we've seen Sean McVay do and how he's approached the preseason and Kyle Shanahan's comments that we heard, I think, last week, the fact that Frank Reich decided last minute, yeah, you know, we're not going to start our starters in the third preseason game either. It seems like this is the year that it's finally kind of coming to a head and we're going to see a change, but do you feel that way? Yeah, it's kind of funny that we, we keep talking about how everybody copying, you know, Sean McVay and this and that. Never thought about the preseason, right? Like, yeah, he... I think that there's probably coaches out there who thought that this was the right thing to do, but nobody had ever done it before. Nobody had ever just said, you know what? We'll see you in September. I ain't going to show my starters. Why? What's the point? And and you kind of take different coaches are going to think different ways. A lot of the old school guys are going to think you need reps, you need you know game reps. But I look at it like, you know, Cam Newton, even coming off shoulder surgery, what good was six, seven, eight passing attempts going to get him? Right. What like the the guy has thrown in his career probably four or five thousand passes by now. Those six, seven, eight were going to make him sharp for week one. Like there are ways to get your guys ready. Uh, practice, joint practices, all that kind of stuff. Without putting him out there in a in a preseason game, I don't believe. I truly don't believe in this whole notion that it, you need preseason. I, I just don't like. I think that these guys train year round. You, you you get to the point where you're you're ready to play football. Like yeah, maybe a guy like Kyler Murray needs it. Okay, I get that. I, I totally do. I don't think a guy like Matthew Stafford, who played last night, I don't think he needs it. I don't think you know, the Lions lost two of the key starters last night to what looked like serious injuries. So you look, and I think Sean McVay has said, you know what, the trade-off here is going to be maybe like last year when we came out sluggish against the Raiders in the first half of the first game. Well, we got everybody healthy going into the season. I think that's a perfectly fine trade-off. And by the way, there there might not be any cause and effect. There, the Rams might have struggled last, you know, in the first half of last year, week one, regardless of how much they play guys in the preseason. So, I do think there's a tipping point, and I think that we're going to look in 
you know, five, six years where we get younger coaches uh, and, and, and guys who are thinking about the game a different way, we're going to get five, six years down the road and, and going to say, why are we having a preseason when 25 or 32 teams play no starters at all or play them for like one series over four games? What What's the point in this? It's kind of funny that the NFL is kind of giving lip service to changing the preseason, shortening the preseason, but it might actually be the teams that force their hand when they make basically a mockery of this. It's amazing. You know, I, I kind of said something similar in our last segment because there there was a stat from a local columnist, Sam Mellinger, and I love Sam, and it's a it's a fair stat. Great, I, just, yeah. I, I disagree with kind of the what he's what he's getting at here is he said in six years under Reed, the Chiefs have averaged 27 points per game in their first four games of the season. Only the Broncos and the Falcons have been more prolific, and only the Broncos have won more games in the first quarter of the season. Sam's implication here is that the reason why the Chiefs are that good in the first four games is because of Andy Reid's belief that you should play your starters in the preseason. I would say that the reason that the Chiefs have been good in the first quarter of the game, quarter of the season, is because Andy Reid's really good at his job and because they had good football teams. I think it has less to do with what they did in the preseason and more to do with the fact that, like, Andy Reid's really good. He comes into the regular season with stuff that people have never seen before, and so they're immediately going to be good. That would be the case whether they played or did not play their starters in the four, in the four preseason games. Yeah, I, I, I lean your way, obviously. I, I like Sam. I think he's a great writer. And I, I, look, what, the point you make might not be wrong. Like, I, there might be something to Andy takes the preseason very seriously. You're going to start off a little, a little quicker. But can't we say it the opposite? Can't we say that maybe Andy Reid is slugging his guys out in, in August has hurt him in January? Maybe. Like, I mean, at least we have to look at it, right? Like, if we're going to look at the whole picture of Andy Reid, and the whole picture of Andy Reid always includes the playoff stuff, is there is there no cause and effect there? I mean, if we're going to, you know, read tea leaves and stuff, I think we at least have to look at the whole picture. And, again, like, you know, like last year, I thought it was smart to play Mahomes as much as he did because – Patrick needed the time. He needed the, you know, a guy like that needed the rest. And obviously that did help. I, I don't think there's any real question about that. I remember watching him in the preseason last year and saying, wow, this guy is really, really getting it. Like, this is, I didn't expect 50 touchdowns. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, but, but there, I think there's a different, there are different situations. And when you've got a guy like, again, I, I just because I was watching Matthew Stafford yesterday, I did Michigan radio. And when you got a guy like Matthew Stafford out there, and he literally has, I believe, 5,500 passing attempts in his career, what good is putting him out there for? Or even, you know, Jameis last night. Jameis got hit hard. He got sacked five times at least. I think he got hit another two, three times. What good is that doing him? Like, what is that? Is it getting him ready for something? I don't know. It, logically, no. I don't think so, but different coaches approach it different ways. And I, you know, I guess I get you know the Andy Reid theory on that, but I'm in McVeigh model here of you know what, it's just not worth it. I'm not risking any of my guys, even being, and it's not necessarily injury. We're not necessarily talking about the Jordy Nelson ACL. We're just talking about look, Cam Newton's a great example. Cam Newton's, I guess, going to play week one, right? But now he's going to be dealing with this all year. Football players don't get healthier as the season goes on. <laughs> You're grinding yourself. There's just it's such a long slog for these guys, especially if you have play, playoff aspirations. That starting off with a little dings and injuries from playing in these preseason games, they're not going to get better. It's not going to get easier. So I just like my guys fresh by September. And, and if you're sluggish for a week, uh, okay, that that's fine. We'll we'll figure it out later. I'm with you. We're talking with Frank Schwab. He writes about the NFL for Yahoo Sports. And you can follow him on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. All right, Frank, let's talk a little bit about the Chiefs. Um, the talk all offseason has been a question of 
can the offense do it again? Can the offense actually go out there and be one of the best ever again? They go out and they add Darwin Thompson, the sixth round running back. They added McCole Hardman. They didn't add any pieces of, or lose any pieces rather of significance on the offense. Where do you fall on this? Do you actually think that the Chiefs are going to be able to go out there again this year and put up similar numbers to what they did a year ago? Yeah, I think so. I think there's some regression coming just because, I mean, look, let, let's, <laughs> the 100th season of NFL football, nobody's ever repeated 5,000 yards or 50 touchdowns. If, if Patrick Mahomes goes out and he, he does that again, I'm not, this isn't hyperbole. We're talking about maybe the greatest player of all time. Like, I, seriously, like, if, if his first two seasons are 50 touchdowns, 5,000, or, you know, 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, we're, we're going to have to start saying this kid might be like Marino times Brady. Like, it's, it, it would be scary at that point. So I just think there's some magical pullback. You're not going to hit every green light in a season again. Like, uh, that was a magical season. But the thing about it is a lot of people talk about regression, as if it's just like you're going from MVP to, to just, you know, you're just a guy, you're Andy Dalton at that point. No, if, if Patrick Mahomes has a, a significant regression, let's say it's 4,400 yards and 42 touchdowns. That's a significant regression, and it's still one of the greatest seasons of all time. So <laughs> it's, it's, it, there's, there's room for both here. There's room for Patrick Mahomes to not be quite as great as he was last year, but the Chiefs are still a very, very good offense, and I, I do. There's no reason to believe they won't be that kind of offense. Why, why would anything change? Their, their personnel is fantastic. I think they're going to figure out the running game. Maybe it's Darwin Thompson and, and Damian Williams sharing time or whoever it's going to be. I, I, there's, there's, aside from injuries, which you can't predict, there's no reason to believe the Chiefs will be any worse on offense. In a significant way, their numbers might not look the same, but they're going to be the same kind of explosive high-scoring, very efficient, very effective offense. And then, you know, it's just whether you, you can get that stop in January, basically, to make a, a longer playoff run. Two more quick questions. We're talking with Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports here on the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. We've got Kramer on the other side of the glass. Frank, I do want to ask you kind of the hierarchy of the AFC as you see it today. Where would you rank kind of the pecking order of the teams in the AFC? It's been a weird offseason where – like, the Texans right now still don't have Jadeveon Clowney in camp. The Chargers are without Melvin Gordon, and it sounds like they could potentially be without Derwin James for the season at this point. Some of the best, best contenders in the AFC have some serious questions. Andrew Luck, I haven't even mentioned. We have no idea if or when he's going to play again. So how would you right now kind of rank your pecking order of the top three, four teams in the AFC as they stand today? Yeah, and I know everybody just – just just turn me I just get ready sit down it's the Patriots again right like I you know we kept we, we came into this offseason and, and the you know Gronk retired and you know they couldn't land a receiver in free agency or, or in, in a trade they tried many of them but here we go to August Josh Gordon comes back. This Jacoby Myers, their undrafted rookie, looks amazing. And it's just like, and you know, we were all worried about Sonny Michelle for a while. He looks fine. I saw him rip off a 30-yarder on the other night. And you just kind of, and their defense looks very good. And you just kind of say, here we go again. Patriots have just figured it all out. The Patriots have just found a couple guys to plug in. They caught a break with Gordon. They're just going to be fine. I, you know, I came in with a lot of questions on them. And now I'm, I'm kind of like, what was I thinking? Like the Patriots always figure this out. They always just, they just 
manage away. So I think you've got to put them top again. I really do. I was high on the Chargers. But this Derwin James injury is huge. Like I, I think I think Derwin James is the kind of player who just transforms the defense. Like you want a guy like that who's you know, you can line him up literally anywhere and he makes an impact. They're not gonna have that for at least three months, and like you said, maybe the whole season. So I think that's a big injury that you know, I've cooled on the Chargers, you almost have to after that. Like you said, the luck thing is, is lingering over everything. The Texans are a very top heavy team and one of their guys isn't even on the field right now. Who who else would you feel really comfortable with? The Browns you know, who knows? They got a lot, lot to prove before we really feel good about them. So it, it, it does seem like the Patriots, the Chiefs, right after them. Maybe, uh, maybe we flip those orders. I don't know, but it, it just seems like those two teams have the fewest questions right now, anyway. Final question for you, Frank, and we'll do this quickly. Earlier today and overnight, really, there were some talks about trade buzz in the NFL. Mike Lombardi was the first to say it. He said that there's a receiver in the NFL that he's hearing that people would be stunned if they were to trade him, but he thinks that there's going to be a trade that gets done. You know how these rumors start. That was basically the start of it. And then somebody said, mentions Tyree kills name and chiefs. Twitter is now a buzz with, Oh my God, could the chiefs actually trade Tyree kill? This seems insane to me. I can't believe we're having this conversation two weeks before the start of the NFL season, but I will ask you this. How how highly would you value the uh, Tyreek Hill if you were the Chiefs? I said earlier today, given the situation, given the quarterback, given the coach, given what the Chiefs are trying to accomplish this year, I don't think there's a defensive player in football that I would trade Tyreek Hill for, given the situation that he's in right now. But what about you? How would you value him right now? I mean, I... I do agree in, in a general sense. Let's say, let's get crazy and say, like, the Houston Texans were like, well, we'll give you, we'll give you Clowney for Tyreek. I think you'd have to think about that. You'd have to say, well, maybe Hardman is ready to go and can fill that role. I, I wouldn't be trading him for picks at this point. Let's put it that way. I mean, this is all hypothetical. I don't, right. I don't, like, once, once this whole thing kind of settled itself and he didn't get suspended, and he's back on the field, and the so-called like uh, PR backlash or whatever—that that doesn't happen. Like that's that's a fallacy. We we look at when the last time that anybody really ripped the Cleveland Browns over Kareem Hunt it doesn't happen. It's just like we we make this up in our minds and we we talk about it, but it doesn't happen. It goes away. Like it, it, maybe that's not a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. You know, about our society that we let this stuff slide, but it does. So right now. There's no downside to Tyree Kill for the Kansas City Chiefs. There's just he's a he's a great player. Is it going to be in the lineup presumably for 16 games? And he's a difference maker. And you're trying to make a Super Bowl. So I, I think that you'd have to get a lot. You'd have to feel like you made your team better to trade him. And how many guys out there are really in that category? And Cloudy is one. I mean, you make a clear argument that. You know, you kind of balance the books a little bit if if you trade again. This is incredibly hypothetical, but you trade Hill for Clowney. Okay, your defense is better. You, you can replace him on offense with this this really good looking rookie. But yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't I don't get where this is kind of coming from because as we sit right now with with Tyree Kill, you're just trying to win a Super Bowl this year. You're not worried about the future or what his extension is going to look like or anything like that. You're just sitting there saying, all right, we got him back. He's a game breaker. He's one of the, probably the top five receivers in football right now for what he does and let's just 
ride it out and try to win a Super Bowl this year because we have this window open. So I don't think he's going to get traded. Weirder things have happened in the NFL, of course, but I think that uh, yeah, you'd have to make your you'd have to make your team better somehow trading Tyreek Hill, and it's tough to find a path to that happening. I'm with you. He's Frank Schwab. He writes about the NFL for Yahoo Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab, and we always enjoy when Frank joins us here on the show. Frank, thanks so much, man. We always appreciate the time. Yep, no doubt. That is Frank Schwab joining us here on the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I agree with what he just said to an extent about the Tyreek Hill thing, but like I said, I wouldn't trade him for a single defensive player in football. I will explain that stance coming up next. Plus, Chiefs and Patriots are very clearly, in my opinion, on a collision course to the AFC Championship game. It reminds me of the year that USC and Texas were going to meet in the national title game. I'll discuss that coming up on the other side as well as we wrap things up. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. The leadoff with Brandon Kiley. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile? mobile 5g home internet during peak hours okay stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5g home for details t-mobile prioritizes certain t-mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion